morning again. I want to thank you for joining with us today in this great adventure of 30 steps to success in life. We are creating an opportunity to, to hear and to revisit and to sink down deep in our minds, our hearts, our souls, the steps that we can take toward not only pleasing God, but also toward changing the situations of life. We're using the life of Joseph, as you remember, and we, we've taken Joseph's life, and I, I've divided it into 30 discernible, 30 identifiable, 30 applicable steps that we can employ as well. The first three steps, actually, even though they were in Joseph's life, and they were in Moses' life, and they were in David's life, and, and they were in the lives of all the patriarchs, even, even those in the New Testament, you know, like, like Peter and Paul, these are the same steps they used, but these first three steps came from God. It was easy to find a character to mimic the first three steps. But then someone who lived long enough and there was enough information about for us to see all the other things that made their life go from a place where it was to a place where God, it was everything God wanted to be. And so I chose in the end, even though we had several to choose from, I chose in the end the, the, the life of Joseph. Because Joseph imitated the things that I believe if we too would follow, we would bring our life, not only to change, but to success. You know, and that's the key to Joseph and his success. Later on, whenever Joseph was very successful, at the pinnacle of his success, his brothers came to him. And, and they needed food to eat or they were going to die. The very dream that he had being fulfilled, they bowed down before him there because he was the ruler. You know, they, they hadn't changed much in all those years. And Joseph saw them, he recognized them, but they did not recognize him. Why? Because his life had been a lifetime of change. And often that's what we have to do if we want to make ourselves into the image of what God expects us to be so that God can do through our life all the things he wanted to do is we have to go through a process of metamorphosis. And that's what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans to us. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let this world put you in this little capsule and keep you like you are and put fences around you and put a box around you and, and you just react the same way today that you reacted you know 10 years ago don't cause yourselves the same problems over and over and over don't keep going around that circle I know that that, that little uh, in that circle around that little tree around that mountain over and over and over break out change do you know how many times I'll meet with somebody and and and, and they're having marital problems for example, or business problems, for example, or, or, or you know, uh, just, just personal problems, or, or, or maybe they've fallen into some sin. That, and, and during the course of my initial uh, conversation with them and counsel with them, I'll find out that this may be the fourth or fifth, sixth, some of them even more times than that, because they continue to repeat the same failures over and over and over. And what they're looking for is a temporary fix. But what they need is a permanent change. And if each one of us will realize that our transformation is going to take on, uh, the, the, it's going to demand that we change our attitude, our actions, our presentation, how we interact with life, how we react to life. So the next time you see yourself react in a way that is predictable and predictably delivers to you results that you don't want, perhaps you take a temporary situation and create a permanent problem because of your nature, because of your first instinct to respond in a certain way or to act or react or to think in a certain way and you put yourself in some box, some insecurity box, some box perhaps of, of you know, of, of fear or anger or resentment or bitterness, you know, 
We, we all know people that you have to walk on eggshells around because any little thing you say offends them. But bless their hearts, they live in a, an offended life. All the time, they're always eaten up. They're, they're afraid of what people think about them. They're always hurt. They're always, you know, these types of things in our life demand change. Change is our friend. Change is not our enemy. And that's why we chose Joseph. Because Joseph was a person who continued to meet the challenges of life, was thrown some of the most difficult situations and circumstances, thrown into them that, that anyone could ever face. And he adapted. He changed. He allowed these things to educate him and to motivate him, not to frustrate him. And he came out a champion because he allowed God to put him through the school of change. And so today, we too are, are candidates for change. You know, we have already a, a, accomplished one week. This is like the seventh day that we've been together. And so we're, we're almost, for all practical intents and purposes, almost one quarter through this. That, that's amazing to me. You know, the very first day I went home thinking, okay, 29 more. We are 120, you know, 130 through this, you know. And, and then the next day I thought, my goodness, that was quick because now, you know, only 15 more just like the two that we did. And then the third day, only 10 more. Isn't that amazing how it just chops down like that? And today we're about one quarter through all that we're going to get to do in this subject at this season. And so let's rehearse if we would what the steps are, all right? Do y'all remember? First, Joseph had a what? dream. Joseph had a dream, just like God in Genesis. Next, Joseph began to ponder on that dream. He meditated that dream, okay? And then in the process of time, in, 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 in uh, front of his brothers and in front of his dad uh, and family, he made a declaration of that dream. He declared what he believed was, was, was something God had spoken to him, that declaration. And those are the first three foundational points that we see how God created the world and we see how all the other people began their pursuit of the purpose of their life. God gave them a purpose. He showed them a purpose. They got a plan and they began their pursuit. They engaged in pursuit through a dream, through, through inspired imagination. They unleashed their imagination. They pondered the path of their feet. And as they weeded out what was and wasn't God in that process, they began pursuit when they understood the first step. And then we talked about some of the other elements that we can add to our life. One of the elements we talked about is step four was relationship. Do you all remember how important it is to watch who you're connected to? It's important to make new relationships because it is by relationship that God is going to promote you. Often, it's not what you know that counts, but who you know that counts. Even getting into heaven is who you know, what, not, not what you know. You only get a chance to show what you know after who you know gives you that chance, all right? Somebody you meet has to hire you. Somebody that you interact with has to, has to put you on the platform, has to, has to allow you an opportunity. And it begins through relationship, how relationships are important. And then step number five, presentation. Often relationships are a, are a product of how we present ourselves. Just like Joseph when he was on the auction block. He could have been coiled up over there crying or he could have been fighting and kicking. You know, he was, he was being sold as a slave. He was a free man. He was a man that, 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 that had a father, a wealthy father. He was a man that had a family and brothers. He found himself unjustly on the auction block in a foreign country, perhaps chained, we don't know, maybe tied up, most likely, but he was being sold. He could have been tearing in anger. He could have been 
in a fit of rage, he could have just been withdrawn. He could have been, but rather than that, he must have presented himself in such a way, he must have carried himself with such a confidence that Potiphar wanted that man, he in fact paid good money for that man to bring him to his house and make that young man the chief steward over everything that he had. Why? It was because of the way he presented himself. We only get one time to make a first impression, and that impression often is lasting. We need to take notice of how we are presenting ourselves to those whom we meet. Then the next uh, element we talked about was participation. Participation. That was yesterday, you remember? How important it is. Number one, to get up. Number two, to get over whatever it was that you were down about. And then number three, to get into the game. Get up, get over, get into the game. Participate. You know, if, if, if Joseph had not have participated, he found himself as a slave. Well, what do slaves do? Slaves serve. And so the Bible says in our scripture we read yesterday that Joseph served Potiphar. He served him. He could have just said, nope, ain't going to do it. But he understood something in his life caused him to go from a place of being a free man, doing pretty much as he desired with his life, to being a slave in the next chapter. And as a slave, he, he, he said, okay, what do slaves do? I want to be the very best slave that I can be. The very, because that is the way to get promoted. That is the way to get out of slavery. That's the way to make this thing work for me and not against me. And so he became a great servant. And God said, if you want to be great, you have got to become the servant of all. He participated in his slavery. In fact, he participated later on when he was thrown in jail. He participated, presented himself, and made the relationships necessary so that he could take another step, so that he would be promotable, so that people would look at him and say he's valuable. I want that man to be the head trustee of all the jails. Gave him the key, even to his own cells. You know, he, he could have unlocked his life and, and, and run away perhaps, but he understood that destiny is locked up in my willingness to participate where I am, to start where I am, to take whatever I have and do the very best that I can. That's a key. That's an element to success. Today we're going to talk about another element called character. Character. Not charisma, character. Charisma might be wrapped up in your presentation and how you present yourself and how people get a first uh, uh, you know, impression of you, whether or not that you're kind or outgoing or whether or not that you're confident or, or something like that, that, that you can be engaging in a conversation, that you can, can, can uh, look like you're going to be an asset to a relationship. Those things perhaps are more tied into charisma. And charisma can be good. God gives us the grace to, to make a good presentation. And you should depend on that grace. You should let the grace of God shine through your presentation. But I'm not talking about charisma because charisma is different than character. You know, a lot of people can put on charisma. They can be just absolutely kind and, and look like they're the most wonderful people and sell you on, 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 on the virtues of their life. And yet they go home and, 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 and in the darkness of their own loneliness, the real them comes out. Character is really what you are. It's what you are when nobody else is watching. It's do you have integrity when nobody else is watching? Will you sell your integrity in a small crowd or behind the scenes? How much would it cost to buy you? Those things are connected to character. In Genesis, the 39th chapter, whenever Joseph found himself in Potiphar's house, 
He had a cushy job. He didn't want to lose it. And everything that Potiphar had, Joseph was in charge of. <clears throat> and Potiphar had not kept anything back from Joseph, the Bible says, with the exception of one thing, and that was Potiphar's wife. So as Potiphar's wife begins to set her designs on Joseph, no doubt it was because of his charisma, because of the way he presented himself. He must have been, you know, a, a, a fairly confident man and a, certainly a powerful man, even in her own house. And, and he was a dependable man, these types of things. However, when she set her designs on him, she tried to woo him into bed. She tried to get him into a compromising situation. And he must have understood that it could cost him his job if he made this woman mad. You know, uh, Potiphar is going to believe his wife, whatever she says. And most likely, when she was telling him, nobody will know, nobody will know, nobody will know. Come on, sleep with me, sleep with me, sleep with me. Well, one day she caught him by himself, him and her alone in the house. And she tried to get him to sleep with her, to go to bed with her, to compromise his integrity and his character. And he said, no, I'll not do it. Look what he says in Genesis 39 in verse 9. He said, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, he didn't want to do any wickedness to Potiphar, but he understood his life was connected to a greater than Potiphar. His life was connected to God. It was not just against Potiphar that he would sin and Potiphar that he would compromise his life and compromise his integrity and, 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 and show, his, uh, show that he wasn't appreciative. But it was against God that he would sin. And he said, no, he kept his character. His character was tested, just like yours will be and mine will be. And he passed the character test. Do you pass the character test? Is your integrity for sale? How important is it to you that when you're alone and by yourself that you're still the godly person? Whenever you're, you're up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, as some of you may be, and you're on the Internet, now, maybe you wouldn't sit down in front of your church people or your friends, maybe not even your wife or your husband. Maybe you wouldn't sit down in front of your mom or your dad. Maybe in front of your children, you would not sit down and access the Internet sites that you are tempted to access when you're by yourself at 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, when everybody else has gone to bed. What do you do? Where's your character? Where's your character? Who are you? Not who do you show us you are, but who are you on the inside? Do you deal with you when you are all by yourself? Do you still chide yourself and hold yourself to some accountability when you're all by yourself? We must. You remember the five laws of life, don't you? Very quickly, the five laws of life. What you say will be said. What you do will be found out. What you believe will be tested. What you compromise to keep, you will lose. And it will take a lot of courage for you to get up, to get over, and to get back into the game every day, every day. Joseph continued passing these character tests all through his life. You will also encounter character-defining and character-confirming moments in your life. Character-defining. You will have opportunities for you to define who you want to be, and then you will have opportunities for you to confirm if you really are that person or not. If you happen to fail a test of character, please repent. Get up. Get over. And get back in the game. Because without character, you will not be able to keep what you achieve. You see, charisma may get it for you, but character is the only thing that will keep it for you. Let's make our overcomer's confession today. Our overcomer's confession. Let's read it and make it a part of our declaration today. It is just taken simply from the Word of God. And let's say it like we mean it together. Are you ready? 
Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirits can seduce or deceive me. The Word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with His thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed. And I am going to participate. What can you do about your day today to move you one step closer? Every one of you, you're ready for your next step. What can you do? Seek to impress God today and not anyone else. In your heart and in your mind and then in your actions, words, and deeds. Let your character come forth as one with integrity and one who will not compromise even when you're by yourself and that voice says to you, no one will know. Listen, they will. The Bible says a bird of the air will tell the matter, and that which hath wings, what is done in secret shall be proclaimed from the rooftop, the Bible says. You can't get away. What you say will be said. So, if you believe that, what would you do? You wouldn't say anything, even in private, that you didn't want repeated. What you do will be found out. If you believe that, what would you do? Nothing that you didn't want everybody in the world, including your mama, to find out about, okay? <laughs> What you believe will be tested. If you believe that, what would you do? You would be prepared for the test and realize that when you hear the word, test is coming. Test is coming. The Bible says that Satan comes immediately endeavoring to steal the word of God out of your heart. He will come and try to tell you it's not true. It doesn't work. He's going to come and try to tell you, oh, no one will know. No, nobody's going to find out. Nobody's going to hear. And what you compromise to keep, you will lose. The Bible simply tells us that if you save your life, you'll lose it. But if you will lose your life for God's sake and the gospel, you'll save it. Mark 8, 35 says that. You can read that later today. Let me encourage you. Take a step of success today. And the step that you can take is a step into sharpening the character. Sharpening your character. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Doesn't that just sound like the Ten Commandments? You see, that's what God expects of us, is to be people of integrity, people of character. Get a dream. Ponder it. Make your declaration. And don't compromise your character. God bless you. I love you.